Here in the United States where I live, we just finished celebrating Labor Day two days ago. It comes around every year on the first Monday in September. For many of us, it's the most melancholy of all our national holidays. Yet Labor Day week is also a great time to reflect. Reflect upon what, you ask? Well, keep listening for our answer to this question in today's show. But before I do, here's Carol. Welcome to You Were Made For This. If you find yourself wanting more from your relationships, you've come to the right place. Here you'll discover practical principles you can use to experience the life-giving relationships you were made for. And now here's your host, John Sertalic. Thank you, Carol. And yes, it's me, John Sertalic, your award-winning author and relationship coach, here to help you find more joy in the relationships God designed for you. If you're new to the podcast, the easiest way to access past and future episodes is to go to johnsertalic.com and click on the follow or subscribe button. That's John with an H and Sertalic with a C-E-R-T-A-L-I-C dot com. You'll then get a brief email each week with a link to the latest episode together with a description of what it's all about. Labor Day, as I mentioned, is the most melancholy of all U.S. holidays. It marks the unofficial end of summer and the beginning of fall. It's the middle child of our national holidays. Labor Day doesn't honor any particular person or event in our nation's history. It's pretty nondescript, an afterthought among the rest of our holidays. Airports are not jammed with Labor Day holiday travelers. Labor Day became a national holiday in America in 1894 to honor working men and women. It grew out of labor unrest due to horrible working conditions in the latter part of the 19th century. Other nations in the world have a similar holiday, often celebrating it on May 1st. For me, Labor Day week is a time to reflect on the nearly 25 years I spent in the executive recruiting business, helping companies fill their staffing needs and coaching people on how to find jobs. It makes me reflect on the things I learned about people and how a job fits into the rest of our life. I hope you know by now that this podcast is all about finding joy in the relationships God designed for us. One of those relationships is the job God provided for you. If you've ever earned a paycheck, it was because of a relationship you had with the employer who paid you. So in keeping with this Labor Day holiday week, I thought it would be helpful to take time to reflect on several important principles related to our relationship with our work. So here we go with these principles in no particular order. The first one is this. Everyone is hired to solve a problem. We only have a job because there is a problem to be solved. And it's helpful every now and then to take time to reflect on what problems you're helping to solve at work. What are you doing to bring in income to your company? What are you doing to cut costs? Or what are you doing to further your employer's mission in the world? All of these are problems to be solved. 
and people are hired to help solve them. Well, that's the first principle. Everyone is hired to solve a problem. Another principle is to know the difference between a job and a career and act accordingly. A job is a means to an end. It's a very small part of our identity. A career is a larger part of who we are. It doesn't define us, but it's a big part. With a job, you put in your time and you collect your pay. With a career, you put in your time and maybe extra time, and you work for larger goals. An example of a career is a stay-at-home mom. It's not a job. It's a, it's a way of life. And a stay-at-home mom solves a problem, raising children, who can be problem children themselves. A third principle is take time to reflect on what you don't want to do for a career. My grandson Grant is learning this uh, this summer. He was fortunate enough to land an internship in a research study at one of the local universities here. And his role is to work with kids who have been diagnosed with a very rare genetic disorder. I can't remember the name of it. It's quite impressive, though. So he has these kids into the lab, and his job is to work with this group of children by equipping them with electrodes that are fitted on their head to measure their brain activity while they go through certain kinds of exercises. And he works with two other people who do this as well. The thing that Grant has learned is he much more enjoys working with these kids, and he's been very successful at developing a report with them. He enjoys that a whole lot more than compiling and analyzing the data that these measuring electrodes gather. His two other colleagues enjoy that part of it more. They enjoy working with kids less. So he's really learning what he doesn't want in a career. He doesn't want to work a lot with data. He would much rather work with, with people. Well, that's, that's one principle. Take time to reflect on what you don't want to do for a career. And those of us that have changed jobs a number of times, like I have, have found what they like and what they don't like. And it's all very helpful information. Another principle related to work is to get ahead at work, to think like an employer, not an employee. Employees are driven by what's in it for them. An employer mindset thinks about furthering the purposes of the organization and what can I do to help further those purposes. That's what thinking like an employer is about. Another principle is this. Reflect on this question for ourselves. In thinking about my job and what I've been doing for the last 10 years, do I have 10 years of experience in my job? Or do I simply have one year of experience repeated 10 times? I ran into this all the time in the field of recruiting IT people. Sometimes people would say, you know, I've, I've got quite a bit of experience. I've been doing X, Y, and Z, but they've done it repeatedly over and over and over again. And it's not really multiple years of experience. It's just repeating the same thing over again. The most valuable employees are those that have done different things over a period of time. 
Another principle. God doesn't waste any of our experiences. Don't you either. (laughs) Take time to reflect on what you've learned from each one, because none of them are to be wasted. I mentioned my grandson, Grant. He had an interesting experience last summer as a camp counselor. And he was working with kids, and he really, really enjoyed it. And he thought about going back again to to do the same thing this year. But this internship came up. And when he applied for the internship, he was competing with a number of different people, some older students, some graduate students. He's just an undergrad. But the thing that tipped him over the edge to get this internship was the fact that he had worked with children as a camp counselor. So God had used that experience that he had last year to land this higher-level job this summer. Here's another principle about our relationship with work, our jobs, our career. Changing jobs for the sole reason of earning more money is a terrible idea. It's an awful idea. It just never works out. You know, in my job as a recruiter, I hired, I hired people to work for me. And some of them worked out and some of them didn't. And some of them I had to fire. Oftentimes, they were so attracted to the amount of money they could make, they thought that they could put up with all the other things about the job that they didn't like, that they knew they wouldn't like. It just never works out that way. But if you're thinking of changed jobs and the only reason you're doing so is to earn more money, don't, don't do it. There has to be other reasons to warrant leaving an employer for a new job. Another principle. No employer cares what you're passionate about. They just don't. They only care about results. And this happens to be the theme of Cal Newport's book that I've talked about before, entitled, So Good They Can't Ignore You. You know, you see this so many times in biographies of people. So-and-so is passionate about X, Y, or Z. And a company will run an ad. We're looking for someone who is passionate about X, Y, or Z. You know, none of that makes any difference. It just really doesn't. What really counts is behavior and results. But being passionate about one thing or another is kind of a buzzword these days that's absolutely meaningless. Another principle related to our jobs. Some people fail at jobs because they're a square peg in a round hole. And if that's you, look for a square hole. And there's a pretty good chance if you find one, you're going to thrive. A number of years ago, a church sent a missionary couple to see me because they wanted to know the answer to this question. Is this guy really cut out to be a missionary? Is he cut out to be a missionary? Because he had some problems. Well, as I talked to him, here's what I discovered. Before he was a missionary, this particular guy, I wish I could remember his name, but I can't. Uh, He was an airplane mechanic, and he worked on jet engines, and he was very good at it. Well, he left that secular job as a jet engine airplane mechanic to run a missionary guest house in Africa. I've been in guest houses. It requires a lot of skills to run a guest house. You've got to be a handyman. You've got to be able to fix things. But you also have to be able to work really well with people. Well, this particular guy 
was really used to working with things. That's why he became an airline mechanic. And he really had a heart for missions. But he found being with people in the guest house, as often as he had to be with them, absolutely draining because he was wired differently. When I met him, he did not appear to be an introvert. He seemed very extroverted. But like a lot of introverts, you can do that for a while. But over a long haul period of time, it becomes very draining if your energy is sapped by being with people. And he was floundering in his role as manager of this missionary guest house. It was exhausting. So we had a discussion about this, and I encouraged him, look for a different position. Look for a position where you're going to be more involved with things than you are with people. He had a really strong heart for missions, for seeing the lost come to Jesus. And I told his church, and I told him, please don't leave the mission field. The mission field needs people like you. It just needs you in a different position. Well, he seemed encouraged, and he left. You know, I didn't hear from him for about three years. <laughs> and then one day, out of the blue, I get an email from him reminding, he, reminding me of our conversation that we had those three years ago. And he took my advice and found a position. I don't remember what it was, but it was one where uh, he was a square peg in a square hole because he was working more with things than he was with people. And he was thriving. You know, any career or job is about working with one of three components. People, things, or data. Like the colleagues of my grandson, Grant, they were working with data. He was working with people. And to have some degree of self-awareness as to what really rings your bell, think in those terms. Do I like working with things? Do I like working with people? Or do I like working with data, ideas perhaps? And you know, like, like was true with this missionary, changing jobs or companies is always an option if it's done for the right reason. One thing that's really surprised me in moving from the business world to working with missionaries is the longevity of missionaries to their mission agency. And a lot of it has to do with Sometimes there are multi-generations of a family working within one mission organization. And that's really a, a virtue. That's really to be commended. But then there are other times when missionaries just need to move to another sending organization. But it's so rarely done. It's so rarely done. And I think there would be a lot more happy missionaries if they were finding sending agencies that was more aligned with how they are wired. And finally, this is the most important one. The greatest job satisfaction comes from using the abilities and talents God equipped you with. Conversely, the greatest dissatisfaction comes when you don't. You know, there's that wonderful parable of the talents in Matthew 25, verses 14 to 30 where a master has three servants and he gives them each bags of gold and they do different things with it. One, one guy just hoards it, doesn't do anything with it, and the other two invest it. They leverage what they've been given for a greater good. 
And that's certainly true with the gifts and abilities that we have. The word talent in that story refers to a coin. And it's almost a play on words in the English language because it can be a coin and can also refer to an ability or skill. So use the talents that God has given us and leverage them. And that brings the greatest amount of glory to God and the greatest amount of personal satisfaction. So what what does all of this mean for you? This Labor Day week, as we transition from summer to fall, is a great time to reflect on our jobs, careers, and the meaning they have in our lives. Ask God to help you in this process. The extent to which we apply the principles I mentioned, the more joy we'll experience in our job or career. That's for sure. And then I would really encourage you to read Cal Newport's book, So Good They Can't Ignore You. It's about developing skills and minimizing passion. I think I've mentioned before, I give this book to high school graduates for graduation gifts. It's so important. And finally, I would also encourage you to listen to episode 25, entitled The Toughest Job in America. Now, the main point of that episode is that how we relate to our job is often a reflection of how we relate to God. And the episode contains several stories on how we view our jobs and careers that illustrate the principles I'm talking about today. Another thing you can do is, if you're a parent, pass these principles on to your kids. Share examples of them from your own experience at work. But if you are no longer working, take time to reflect on how God led and sustained you during your working life. Thank Him for those years and what you learned during that time. Well, here's the main takeaway that I hope you remember from today's episode. Labor Day week is a great time to reflect on how to be all that God created you to be. It's an opportunity to think about the abilities and talents God hardwired into you and to thank Him for it. In closing, I'd love to hear any thoughts you have about today's episode. I hope your thinking was stimulated by today's show enough to put into practice what you've just heard about taking time to reflect on your work, to consider how the work you do can make the best use of the skills and talents God created you with. For when you do, it will help you experience the joy of relationships God designed for you. Because you were made for this. Well, that's all for today. If there is someone in your life you think might like to hear what you've just heard, please forward this episode onto them. The link to today's episode is simply johnsertalic.com slash 174. And finally, don't, don't forget to spread a little relational sunshine around the people you meet this week. Spark some joy for them. And I'll see you again next time. Goodbye for now.